Have you ever felt like you were your own worst enemy or that you can't get out of the way of yourself? That as you're living, as you're maneuvering, like you make decisions, you create barriers sometimes for yourself. Life is hard. And we all know that. We get challenges by that really kind of situations, other people can really level us. But we ourselves, right? Sometimes we create the barrier. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. And how in the world do we face those barriers that we ourselves create and flourish all at the same time? Because what's weird is there's a sense that if we just remove the barrier, if we just make the situation go away, if we just smooth everything out, then life will be great. But sometimes we can't remove that barrier. Sometimes we have to face that barrier and that it's never going to go away. And so how do we flourish when the barrier doesn't get removed? So today with our discussion, we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians. And 2 Corinthians is written by the Apostle Paul. And 2 Corinthians is most likely the fourth letter to the Corinthians, the community of Corinth, the church there. And it's most likely he's sent some other letters and they are having real issues. And what we're going to read today gets a little bit interesting because we see and hear and experience what Paul is going through, that Paul is trying to guide them. He's trying to get them to focus upon the teachings of Jesus. He's trying to address the issues that they are experiencing in the community. And we see at the same time, we hear him. We get into where Paul Paul's created some barriers for himself. He's struggling. He finds himself challenged by certain things. He is going to deal with feeling unworthy, incapable, and it doesn't help with the response that he had already gotten from the Corinthians. So today, as we dig in, we're going to hear Paul be pretty honest. Now, there may be the side of us that as we hear it, it sounds like he's kind of whining. It's like, Paul, come on, dude, get over it. But... What is there for us as we're trying to figure out ourselves, the barriers we create, and yet, how are we supposed to flourish when? So starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. It is necessary to brag, not that it does any good. I'll move on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven, 14 years ago. I don't know whether it was in the body or out of the body. God knows. I know that this man was caught up into paradise and that he heard unspeakable words that were things no one is allowed to repeat. I don't know whether it was in the body or apart from the body. God knows. I'll bring about this man and I'll brag about this man, but I won't brag about myself except to brag about my weaknesses. Okay, so there's a lot in there and there's going to be a couple of terms that first one that we heard, third heaven, you were probably like, wait, what? 
what, what is he talking about there? And then we're going to get down further in the scripture, and he's going to talk about the super apostles. And if you're paying attention to this on our app, you will actually can go to the sermon notes, and I've explained it a bit there. But here, as I further go into it, this sense of the third heaven, what he's talking about here is at this time, Jewish mysticism has heaven into different levels. And we get that in different books that aren't in the biblical text, that aren't in the Hebrew Bible, like First and Second Enoch. Uh, let's see, the Testament of Levi and the martyrdom and ascension of Isaiah. Those books mention the different levels. So it's kind of a, a popular belief of the time. But what's important to know is that the third heaven is actually where one has a vision or experience of God, a direct experience of God. And so what Paul is talking about here is he first starts off with talking, it seems he's talking about someone else, but he's most likely talking about himself, of having this experience of God and that it's important to note that he's had an experience of God, but he doesn't want to brag about it. He doesn't want to get into it because there's this group of other people who are going around going, hey, look at me. Look how great I am. God loves me. But I don't know if God loves you. Have you had the same experience? And so he is pushing against this notion of bragging about his experience with God. And what he moves to is I'll brag about my weaknesses, that sense of trying to strike a balance of going, wait a minute, I think I'm capable. Yes, I have had this experience of God, but that doesn't mean I have it all together. I'm not perfect. So Paul's trying to say to them, none of us have it all together. Because this group this that we're going to get into of the super apostles, they keep trying to act like they've got it all together and that they keep telling the Corinthians, hey, you can get it all together too. And if someone's not perfect, then they're not good enough. And Paul's like, hold up. We've all got weaknesses. We've all got weaknesses. We can still experience God. But we've all got weaknesses. And we have to be real about it. So when we're thinking about the barriers that we face, the things, the struggles that we may have in life, how often are we wanting to like kind of sweep them under the rug or kind of examine them and go, no, this is really the issue at hand. So that sense here of being honest, and we're going to get a little more into that sense of how, just how important being honest about our weaknesses, about those barriers are as we're trying to figure out how to flourish. So continuing on in verses 6 through 7. If I did want to brag, I wouldn't make a fool of myself because I'd tell the truth. I'm holding back from bragging so that no one will give me any more credit than what anyone sees or hears about me. I was given a thorn in my body because of the outstanding revelations I've received so that I wouldn't be conceited. It's a messenger from Satan sent to torment me so that I wouldn't be conceited. Okay. So uh, a bit of like, wait a minute, did he just say Satan? Think about messenger, uh, an entity that is really struggling. And this thorn in his body, we don't know what it is. Now there's a lot of speculation, 
and it covers anything from physical, mental, spiritual, adversarial, to people persecuting him, to situations that he cannot get away from. And so he's talking about this as in like, wait a minute, I can see this thorn in my side as a woe is me, as a the world is falling apart, why can't I get rid of it? Why can't anything ever get better? Why, why, why? But instead, he's allowing the thorn to change his perspective. Think about that. Think about how we allow the barriers in our life to change our perspective. And does it change our perspective to something like, woe is me, nothing's ever right, never ever goes right, I can't make the right decisions, I'm not enough, I'm incapable, and the whole litany keeps going, right? Or do we allow it to change our perspective of saying, wait a minute, now I've got perspective in the way that I don't have it all together. I am not perfect. And recognizing that other people struggle as well. That our own struggles, our own barriers can change and shape our perspective in such a way that we begin to pay more attention to how God is leading us through that than how it's not in our favor. We don't like it. It's the negative. It's we just feel, we keep feeling put down by it. How do we allow the thorns, the barriers, the struggles, the situations of life to change our perspective in such a way that it begins to shape us towards God? It keeps our, our ego in check of going, you know what, I don't have it perfect. And neither does anybody else. Or do we allow it to make us go, wait a minute, I'm going to sweep that under the rug. I'm going to put on that mask. No, everything's great. Everything's fine. How do we allow the barrier to change our perspective? Continuing on, because he gets into this of how it really is about to change. Verses 8 through 10. I pleaded with the Lord three times for it to leave me alone. He really wants this thorn gone. He said to me, God said to God said to Paul, my grace is enough for you because power is made perfect in weakness. So I'll gladly spend my time bragging about my weaknesses so that Christ's power can rest on me. Therefore, I'm all right with weaknesses, insults, disasters, harassments, and stressful situations for the sake of Christ because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It's this sense of changing his perspective of going, wait a minute, okay, I've got this thorn, I've got this barrier in my life, and I can either allow it to shift me towards, wait a minute, where is God's grace in this? How is God at work in this? Instead of, how is this leveling me and this is not what I want for my life? How is this moving us in new directions? How is it helping us face the barrier instead of succumbing to it? So this thought of grace, this understanding of grace, God's grace has always been present, but it was fully realized for humanity in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we may be thinking, okay, what is grace? Grace includes forgiveness and mercy. It includes acceptance. It includes relationship. It includes love. It includes possibility of life. So here, 
Paul allows that thorn to shift his perspective, to pay more attention to, wait a minute, how is grace at work in my life? We've all got weaknesses and we've all got these barriers. We're, we're always, maybe when we are our own worst enemy, where is the grace right there? Do we allow, do we pay attention to where God's grace is? God's grace has always been there, but do we notice it? Are we going after, okay, how does this begin to change my perspective? And so for Paul, this whole thing about facing barriers and how he is flourishing is based upon grace, is based upon how grace begins to change his perspective of himself, of his weaknesses, of his reactions, even to others, right? Because it says, Therefore, I'm all right with weaknesses, insults, disasters, harassments, and stressful situations for the sake of Christ. That sense of that full realization of grace in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ makes it possible to face all kinds of barriers as the basis because it, it changes our perspective. It changes the way that we begin to come at things. And so when we're facing that barrier... How often do we take a pause and go, wait a minute, where is God's grace in this? How is God's grace? How do I need God's grace? How is God's grace present and leading? Continuing on in verses 11 through 13. I become a fool. You made me do it. Actually, I should have been commended by you. I'm not inferior to the super apostles in any way, even though I'm a non-entity. The signs of an apostle were performed among you with continuous endurance through signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you treated worse than the other churches, except that I myself wasn't a financial burden on you? Forgive me for this wrong. All right. So here's what we've got. Paul answers with grace. He's still defensive, though. He, he's still struggling. And he's struggling here because of these super apostles. And this term super apostle, it's meant to be sarcastic. And it's about a group that has claimed an apostolic, that has claimed that position, uh, that authority as they go around teaching. But he's pointing out something interesting here about them. The super apostles seem to be in it for themselves. Like they're showing up and they're like, hey, for $29.95, you can be healed, whatever it is today. But we've got a special going on that for $100 a month, you can have unlimited healing whenever, wherever you are. And that Paul is not as good as. And what's interesting about that voice, right? People can sometimes reinforce those voices that we already have within ourselves, which just makes it worse, right? Because maybe we already feel like, maybe, maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe I've, I've, my weaknesses are taking over. My barrier really is massive. And these super apostles are hitting on Paul's kind of insecurities. And so even though he's already talked about grace and that grace is that foundation for being able to flourish, here, here he moves back into trying to confront this issue of these super apostles and the things that they're saying. If the super apostle were in 1989, 
The super apostle would be the new and improved, the amazing Reebok pump, and Paul would be Converse. An oldie, a goodie, but it's not the Reebok pump. Or in today's terms, the super apostles would claim to be something more along the lines of Gucci and Prada, and Paul is nothing more than the Dollar Tree special. And so here, Paul is having to confront, and he is defensive in it. And we can understand that, right? How often do you find yourself getting defensive when you kind of feel attacked, when somebody does say something to you that kind of hits on your insecurities, and they don't even know it? It, my guess is the super apostles had no idea. They were just talking because they wanted certain things out of the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth was financially well off. It was in a city that was very wealthy because it was in the trade routes between what is Asia Minor and going south down the Mediterranean. Asia Minor is modern-day Turkey, and so going down that coast of modern-day Syria and Lebanon and through Israel, Palestine there, uh, to Rome. And so Corinth sits at this important trade route. It's a wealthy city. They have the financial means, and so these super apostles are playing off of, and as they are playing off of that, they are putting Paul down, and it's hitting on his insecurities. He is defensive. And to think about that, to think about our barriers, and maybe sometimes we don't even know the barriers that we ourselves have put up. Maybe we don't even realize our insecurities until somebody kind of steps on it, whether they mean to or not. And all of a sudden, the wall goes up. And so in this moment, we see, we know that Paul is not perfect. And that's something important for us to remember. Paul is not perfect. We are not required to be perfect because of God's grace. Something that we cannot earn. Something that just is that forgiveness and mercy, that acceptance, that relationship, that strengthening force in our lives that says, no, we can face these barriers. We can face them together. We can face them and strengthen one another. We can encourage each other because we've all got barriers to face. And sometimes they're of our own creation. Just like Paul being really sensitive about his worth, about his capability especially when you've got these super apostles talking, making stuff up, kind of stirring the pot there in Corinth. Finishing up in verses 14 and 15 and 20. Look, I'm ready to visit you a third time, and I won't be a burden on you. I don't want your things. I want you. It isn't the children's responsibility to save up for their parents, but parents for children. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your sake. If I love you more, will you love me less? I'm afraid that maybe when I come, you will be different from the way I want you to be, and that I'll be different from the way you want me to be. I'm afraid that there might be fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, backstabbing, gossip, conceit, and disorderly conduct. All right, Paul gets real here. Paul is being very honest about his fears, about I don't know if I'm good enough, I don't know what you expect, just as I don't know if you're going to be what I expect. 
And so we can see it as him sharing. We can understand it in a way that kind of gives us life of how often are we really honest about the barriers, about the situations that maybe we create? How often are we really honest about our fears in this life? Our fears of how we will be received by others. How often have you found yourself worried, fearful of what someone else will think of you? And why is that? Why does that fear exist? And here Paul is giving us something of saying, we got to be honest about that. Now, does it mean we need to overshare and send a letter to every person we know? No. But we need to be honest about it with ourselves. And we probably need to be honest with, our, with a good group, a solid, trustworthy group around us. Because when we get honest, we begin to take the power, we begin to take the power away from those barriers. Those barriers that sometimes seem insurmountable, that seem as strong as a brick wall. That here, when we start to get honest about why, why that fear, why that barrier, why do I keep reacting in such a way that all of a sudden we are able to take away some of that power from it because we begin to fill it in with grace. And so when we're feeling like it's insurmountable, we got to be honest about it. Why is that? Why is this fearful? Why do I keep making this decision? Why do I keep taking this kind of path? Why am I my own worst enemy when this situation arises? And to begin to understand that and begin to allow that grace of God to come in and to guide us of saying, wait a minute, let it fill our lives. Let that grace fill us up. When we feel insufficient, unworthy, when we feel incapable, when we aren't sure how things are going to go, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm enough. I don't know if I can make it through. How then will you allow grace to come in, to fill, to guide? This is one of those stories that really challenge us in how we face our barriers and flourish at the same time. Because what's weird is, even though Paul has these moments, Paul has to get honest about his insecurities that he's still flourishing. He still flourishes because he's still able to be in community with others. He's still able to engage in conversation. He's still able to encourage. He is still able to say, wait a minute, we can come together. We can strengthen one another. We all have weaknesses. Let's just be honest about them. Paul is showing us here a path of what it means to face our barriers, even those that we will never be able to remove, and what it means to flourish because of God's grace, because God's grace holds us and strengthens us, fills in all those little gaps where we feel nicked and cut by life, where we feel like things keep coming at us, where it makes us want to go, you know what, it's all falling apart, let's just give up now, God's grace comes in and says, wait a minute, which way are we going? Who's going to strengthen? Who do you surround yourself with? How might your perspective change today because of God's grace? May we be challenged by 
Paul's experience. May we be challenged by how he faces those barriers, how he gets honest about them, and about how he still continues to try to go back and grab hold and understand how that grace is working in his life, how it's changing his perspective and relationships, how it's changing him from the inside out. May we be challenged this day. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.